Blog Talk Radio. Raw living is a state of mind, a way of being in alignment with your body. Raw living means you put yourself and your body first. Your host, Gita Sadu Rob, is the founder of Nosh Detox, located in the UK. They offer innovative raw food smoothies sold across Europe. You experience it in your skin, your body, and your mind. And now it's time for Living Raw Radio. Hello. Hello, everybody. This is Gita Sidhu Rob, and it is a pleasure to be with you today. Today, it's actually just me by myself. I always interview people. I'm always being interviewed by people. It's really quite weird to be here, but there's you and there's me. And we're going to talk about something that is absolutely an inherent part of my life. We're going to talk about the absolute secret to everything that has ever made me successful. That once I understood this one thing, that once I got this one thing, everything in my life starts to shift. But that wasn't enough. I had to then work out how to integrate it. I had to work out how to move it into my life, how to make it part of what I was doing. I had to work out how to actually make it part of what I was and who I was. And yet, it really bears the time and the effort that you put in it. Because if you can do that, if you can put this into your life, if you can understand how that works, there is just a place where your life changes and it is never, ever, ever going to be the same, but changes in a really positive way. Because it's like when you try and give something up, the pain of trying to give something up is so awful. Hands up anybody who's given up smoking. Yeah. Um, and you're just like, why am I trying to give this up? But a better way to transform, a better way to perform better, a better way to show up in life, a better way to be happier, a better way to do absolutely everything is to course correct. Now, if you're a woman, course correction, and what do I mean by course correction, really? I mean that you kind of tilt a little bit, one degree, another one degree change, three changes a week, another three changes the next week, another three changes the week after. And when you can do that, you sort of look around behind you and you find that you have come so far and that it makes an enormous difference. But that is not the same as kind of going, that's it. I had seven days and I'm going to lose seven pounds and I'm going to look better and I'm going to fit in my bikini and my body will have just changed. Because there, let's face it, there's no way whether we take seven days, we do whatever, that unless that change is integrated properly within your life, within your head, within your body, within your mind, that change ever lasts very long. What am I talking about here? Because I haven't actually said that, have I? <laughs> I'm talking about the difference of something that is called primary food. Now, I didn't really know what primary food was until I did a course last year. And I did a course um, to become a certified health coach at the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. It was really the most amazing experience that ever happened to me. I really, really enjoyed it. I, oh, It was life-changing. And I looked at this course at the beginning of the year, and I was like, are you kidding me? I run a company with 30 people. I have three children plus two stepkids. I even have two cats, I'll have you know, if we're going to look at that whole thing. And I don't actually have time to do this. And it's, you know, it's really quite a solid commitment. And it cost a decent amount of money. And I was kind of like, I don't know how to do this. And now I, do, I look back and I think, gosh, I don't even know how I, I lived without this. 
Now, the primary concept behind this is actually the concept of primary food. And primary food in IIN came about because of this incredible man called Joshua Rosenthal. He pioneered primary food over 30 years ago. He talked about primary food being the nourishment that doesn't appear on your plate. Right? The nourishment that doesn't appear on your plate. Now, every time we think of food, what we think of is stuff that's sitting on a plate that we put into our mouth, that we eat, that we have to either look at calories. And we have such screwy relationships with food, right? Especially women, but actually more and more everybody. Um, and food is supposed to tell us about how we, well, you know, I'm saying that and I don't know. Food's supposed to say how we feel. But on the other hand, food is never supposed to tell us how we feel. Because whenever I say to people, but that food's gonna make you, that food will make you feel bad, they don't believe me when I say food makes them feel things until I pull a bottle of vodka out and I say, drink this. And then they go, oh, okay. Because you drink a bottle of vodka and I guarantee you're going to be feeling something good, bad, but it will have affected you. Now, primary food is a totally different concept. And we're going to talk about that today. Generally speaking, we think that nutrition is actually a source of our energy. Um, but it's not strictly true. When you look at how you feed your soul that comes from a different place think like the last time that you were in love everything got brighter you felt amazing you felt really fantastic and it all kind of everything just was sharper wasn't it it was kind of like more exciting you you touching like a fingertip means so much one text could keep you going for the whole day. I mean, you just, the, the whole process just made you come completely alive. When you, another alternative is, is when you were doing something that was completely exciting. I mean, I, I remember going up. I have no idea why I did this. I just want you to know this. But I remember following my daughter, who was 10 years old, up a trapeze wire. Um, I'm not sure how we got there. I can't explain what we were doing there, but we were going up this trapeze wire. And I don't know if you've ever been up on a trapeze, but let me tell you, that stuff is high. It is the top of a tree high. And I was following this child, little bloody child, up this trapeze ladder to go up to the top. And I was sitting there thinking, um, I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't, and it was just the sheer fact that I didn't want my child to think that I was a complete wuss and a coward that forced me to go up. And the ladder was waving and all this stuff. So I got up to the top and my my bloody child went off and loved it and somersaulted and jumped down and did all this stuff. And then I got there and I stood up there. But you know that feeling where you're standing up there, my heart is thumping, my hands are clammy, and I was standing up there and I was about to go off on the trapeze. The thing about that is I felt so alive. Would I have chosen to be up there? No. Now, having got up there, oh my God. And when I let go, and when I did it, and I fell, and I came off, well, I fell onto the thingy, right? I didn't hurt myself. I mean, I had to let go. They made me let go, actually, because I didn't want to come down at that stage. And I came off, and it changed how I saw myself. I could do this thing. And at my age, and, and, you know, and I was the oldest person there. After Everybody else was like two foot high, so it looked a bit random, but that's another story. And it was just made me feel alive and buzzed. And I, I mean, I think that I, I'm trying to remember if I ate again that day. I swear I didn't eat. 
because I was on such a high. I felt incredible. I felt amazing. I felt reborn. And that's, the, you know, I mean, that feeling that you get, that feeling of where you're being sustained and nourished, but on a totally different level than your body's level. And children are, of course, fantastic at this. I mean, you know, we grew up in the middle of nowhere, so there was no way in heck we were coming in that door until you forced us to, because it was bedtime, and we never came home for food. Or there's that thing where we'd come home and we were hungry, and we'd eat, and we'd walk straight out the door. But there wasn't an enormous focus on food. It just wasn't about what life was about. We were busy. We were doing stuff. Now, contrast those examples with the time when you feel down, when you felt bad, when, when you got dumped. May they all burn in hell, by the way. But hey, when you just, oh, you got fired, something awful happened. You were just sitting there and you felt so bad. And that's when people say, oh, well, I, I, I just ate and I kept eating. Or I just saw that and it was gone by the time I looked. Because you're eating this huge amount of food and yet none of it is actually making you full. Right? You're not satiated in any way. You're just eating this food. Because you want something to make you feel better. And, and what would make you feel better in that place was having, not having had that terrible thing happen. But the next step there is probably having somebody come and hold you or give you a hug or make you feel better. But it just is not the food that was going in your mouth. Can you see that? That when you compare that aliveness, that excitement, that whole thing, and compare that to what was going in your mouth, there was a place where you were being filled on a different level that didn't need food. And yet there was a time when you felt so bad that it didn't matter how much food you ate, you never felt full. Now, this difference is called primary food versus secondary food. So primary food is described, actually, by, by Joshua. He's described it very well, as I said. Nourishment that doesn't appear on your plate. Now, he broke it down into the four core primary foods. Exercise, spirituality, career, and relationships. So according to Joshua and his concept of primary food, he says that if your life is in balance in these four areas, if you're taking a reasonable amount of exercise, if you have a good connection to your spiritual self, if your career is in balance, and if you have fulfilling relationships, that primary food will absolutely fill your soul and it will satisfy your hunger. Well, he says your hunger for life. For me, it's your hunger for being, your hunger for showing up, your hunger for being the best you that you can be. And when you're fulfilling that hunger and you're nourishing yourself at that level, at your soul level, what is actually happening there is that you just don't feel as hungry. Now stop and think about that for a minute. Has there been a time where what you were doing was such a big deal to you? It was so important to you, so all-consuming, that in fact you just ate to keep the fuel going. So food kind of became a part of your life, not the whole part of your life. And then conversely, have you ever been in a stage 
where you look around and you start thinking, when's my next meal? When am I going to eat next? Do you remember that time at school where school was defined literally by when lunch was? Well, actually, I say school. By the way, sitting in an office, do you remember the time when your day was defined like today or maybe yesterday? Or, you know, I find this. I'm sitting there and if I don't like what I'm doing, I'm literally like, um, is it time for a break? Will anyone notice if I go now? When can I have lunch? How early can I have lunch? And as an, as an employer, I will see people who are unhappy in their jobs because those are the people that go to lunch first. They're always the people that go to lunch first because what they're doing isn't feeding them on any emotional, spiritual, or personal level. It just isn't. It's only feeding them. Well, it's not feeding them at all, really. So they have to go and get fed by somewhere else. So what are we saying? We're saying that the human being needs feeding. A human being needs feeding on many levels. A human being needs feeding spiritually. A human being needs feeding humanly. And a human being needs feeding physically. I made all of those phrases up, but that's not the point, is it? The point is that if you eat food, and that's what you need for your body, and you think that that's all that you need, you're just going to overeat. Because there will be no depth to life. There will be no purpose to life. There will be no joy to what you're doing. Whereas, if you can add to your everyday things that feed the soul, that feed you as a person, then you will become the kind of person that has a balance between what you're eating and how you're living. And when you do that, what happens is that you just perform better. You become the kind of person that's living a completely different sort of life. Um, I want to read a little bit what Joshua says here. He says that he started this process because he was working in a natural food store. He saw people shopping every day and they looked at what food they were eating and what they were eating and putting into their bodies. And he'd then go into the cinema next door and noticed people laughing, but eating popcorn and soda and basically just eating junk. He said, yet he found that the people that were next door in the cinema eating the junk looked much happier and healthier than the people that were eating the health food stores. And there is a point to this. How many times have you gone past people that are super healthy, super vegan, super fit, super this, super this, and in fact, they just look miserable? Are you attracted to those people? No. But when you meet people that are smiling and they're happy and they're either loving or they're in love and they're generous and they're kind, those are the kind of people that you just want to be around. And you want to be around them a lot because it just makes you feel better. It makes every part of what you're doing feel so much better. And it's just so important to understand that if both of those levels don't show up in your life, then you're not going to live a life that's in balance. I'm going to be back in a short minute. Living World Radio and it's Gita City Road. Do you feel sluggish? Do you feel bloated? Is your energy levels really low? Do you find everything that you eat goes straight to fat? My name is Candice. And I am the naturopathic nutritionist at Nosh Detox. I am here to tell you that your body needs a rest. If that sounds like you, you are ready to try a Nosh juice fast. A juice fast is a natural way for your body to eat. 
while providing you all the life-saving minerals and vitamins that your body needs and craves. From beginners to advanced juices, we have all the options that may be available to you or suited to you. Call me on 0845-257-6674 or go to noshdetox.com and click on the right program for you. I'm right here to help you and support you. Thank you. It's Living Raw Radio and it's Gita City Rob again. So now we know that there's a thing called primary food and now we know that there's a thing called secondary food. And primary food, if you want to put it that way, will feed your soul. And secondary food, if you will put it that way, will feed your body. When you look around you, I encourage you to actually make a, make a, make a, like a what do you call it, like a calculation. Look around you and say, okay, if I was going to look at my secondary food on a scale of one to 10, how much would I say that I would be nourished in terms of my secondary food? If I was to look at myself, I would say I was probably, hmm, I would say probably eight, nine. I like what I eat. I don't feel like I, I don't feel bad when I eat. I feel like I have a lot of balance. I feel like that is a place in my life where I have an understanding of what I need. I eat well. I make sure I have my greens. I make sure that I enjoy my food. So it's not something that someone does to me. It's kind of like you know, it's it's, it's not a bad thing to be doing. I, I kind of it is what I do for a living, but I make those choices for myself. So I feel I have a strength around it as well. So I don't feel like I'm being pushed into an environment where I have no choice but to do this. So take a pen, take a paper, and write down for yourself, what would you give yourself as a number between 1 to 10 on your secondary food? In terms of your food choices, would you give yourself a two because you're not so happy with the food that you're eating. Would you think five because kind of okay, it's not like it's very exciting. Or would you think, okay, no, you know what? Hmm, I'm up there. I think like a seven, eight, I have it kind of planned. I have it sussed. I understand what I'm eating. I kind of have planned my life. I know why I'm eating the way I'm eating. I feel good about it. I get to the end of the day and I think, you know, I've done good. And if I feel like a glass of wine, I feel like cake, I don't feel like I have to punish myself because the rest of it's all in balance. What number would you give yourself? It's for you. I was going to say be honest, but, you know, whatever works. <laughs> if you really feel like lying to, to yourself, that's great. But just write down the real number first and then give me the other one, okay? Let's look at our primary food. How would you feel on a place of zero to ten that you felt on your primary food? Now, when you give yourself a reckoning on primary food, I don't want you to just – we're going to break it down. We're going to break it down to there. There are many, many categories that that basically encompass uh, primary food if we want to really break it down. But if we take, say, four areas in your, in terms of your exercise, how would you rate your the, the, the four pillars of primary food? How would you rate yourself in terms of your exercise? Would you rate yourself as a one because I do nothing while I get out of bed? Would you think it's nine? I have a plan. I get up. I go. It works for me. Would you do that? What would you rate yourself for exercise? Okay. Are we done? So if we did that, what would you then do on the next pillar of primary food? What would you rate yourself in terms of your relationship? the hard ones, man. Now, yes, there are many other things you could do. You could say it's a relationship with my partner. Is it a relationship with my children? Is it 
my relationship with myself. It's not a very easy one to do. If you want to break it down into several kinds of relationships, be my guest. But ultimately, if I asked you to rate yourself and how you're showing up in your relationships, you, how are you showing up? What's the level of happiness you overwhelmingly have in your relationships? How would you rate yourself? Actually, I was rating myself alongside you, wasn't I? So in terms of the physical, I would probably say a seven to an eight, because mainly because I didn't work out today when I was planning on working out. But, you know, seven to eight, I, I kind of do it. I understand what I'm doing. I have a plan. And it, I do it enough that it kind of feeds me enough, feeds my soul. It works for me. Relationships. Hmm. It's hard because, you know, I'm a mother, so you never quite think you do that well. I would say, if I say it honestly, I would probably say six. I would say that this is an area of my primary foods relationships, I think, would probably could do with a bit more. I'd like more time with my friends. I'd like to be able to show up there more. I want to show up more from my personal relationships, my intimate relationships, and with my partner. And I feel like I don't give as much time to that. So I think I'm giving myself a six on that. How did you do on that? Where did you get to? Career. We're going to go with career next. Now, career, you want to rate yourself. Am I happy where I am? Am I fulfilled in my career? Do I find a source of joy from what I do every day? It's fairly easy, all right? And it's not about how much money you make. It's about how you feel in your career. I would give myself a nine on this, actually, interestingly enough, because I love what I do. I love what I do. I get to do it every single day. I get to choose how I do it. But then that's why I chose this. Other people would look at that and think, oh, my God, you're an entrepreneur. The level of risk that you take for this, for this, for this. And when I have to come up with 30 salaries every day, I, you know, I think, okay, I may want to shoot myself today. But I would go with nine. What would you do? How would you rate yourself? So we've done so far physical. We've done relationship. And we've done career. Okay. We'll do the last one. Spirituality. Spirituality is very funny. Now, it could be religion. It could be where you sit and you talk about religion and you say, well, I go to church every Sunday. I was brought up in the church and, uh, and I do all this stuff. And I was, right? I was brought up to go to the temple every Sunday. And it was a hugely, very strong part of my life. I don't do that now, but that's how I was brought up. But what we're going to do is we're going to rate you on how your relationship with your soul feels. Now, you can argue with me whether you're Christian or Hindu or Sikh or Buddha or Jewish or anything. We hopefully are not going to argue about it, but you do have a soul. Whether you know, whether you know exactly where it is right now or not, but you have a soul. How would you rate your relationship with your soul? How much are you showing up? And it's very interesting, this, because there are different times in life where you feel like you're in a place where your soul is just knocking on your shoulder and it wants in. And it's like, hello, it's time to make a change. Hello, it's time to do this. Hello, are we paying attention here? And I think most of us resist that knocking very strongly until we get to a particular point where we almost have no choice. I've been in so many places where I have resisted that knocking and I thought, I am not doing that. I am very happy doing this. Thank you very much. Oh, I like my job. I like my salary. I like this. And I would find that if I didn't pay attention willingly, 
everything would blow up. Have you done that? Has that happened to you? Have you found that your life has just blown up and you've got, oh my God, I wish I'd listened when the knock first came. How would you rate that bit of your life? How would you rate the relationship with your soul? To me, that's the essence of spirituality. I am telling you that I would rate mine today at an eight. And I can equally tell you that five years ago, I would have rated this around, ooh, let me think, a three. I didn't want to know. I had no idea. I didn't care. It wasn't something I was interested in because I was doing what I was supposed to do. This was how I did it. I got my job. I had my kids and everybody was in a compartment and it all worked. And yet of all the four pillars, the reason that I've left this to the end is because you can do exercise. You can show up more. You can think about your job and actually you can enjoy something even though you may not think you're going to be there for very long. It's so much about perception because perception is really hard. You're sitting somewhere and you just think, okay, well, actually, I may not like what I'm doing right now, but I'm going to find something within it that I actually enjoy because I'd rather come up to work every day smiling than hating what I do because it's just not good for me. But the difference with that and the level of depth of and happiness that you get with your soul when it's in in alignment, when you're in alignment with your soul, when you're kind of on purpose, when you're flowing along what you're meant to be doing, that is an entirely different level of peace, happiness, joy, abundance that you are ever going to get in your whole life. And for me, that was the one thing that made absolutely the biggest difference in my life. I found that when I showed up every day for myself, that when I did those things that I wanted to do, that when I thought, right, when I do this, I feel like I'm in the flow. I feel good about this. It just makes me feel strong and positive and amazing. As opposed to the things that I did because I felt I had to do them. I had no choice. And if we all do stuff we have to do, we don't want to do. Okay, let's be reasonable. There is no way in hell that a nasty nappy is something that's very high on my list. I don't really want to get up and do the school run in the morning. Those aren't the kinds of things I'm talking about. I'm talking about when I stayed married to somebody that I didn't want to be married to because I thought it was the right thing to do. And yes, I've done that. I'm talking about the time where I lived with people and I thought, why am I living here? Why am I living with you? I don't like you. I'm talking about the fact that when I was like, okay, let's go there. Okay, let's do that. Okay, yes, I'll agree to that. Okay, I won't do this. Okay, no, I don't really want to do that. Those, every time I said those things, I denied more parts of myself and it made me feel so much worse every single step of every single way. To me, this is the primary pillar of primary food. When you get to the stage that you do all the other things, when you exercise, when you show up to be happy, when you find a way to, be, to, to, to kind of be grateful around where you are, all of those things are doing, what they're doing is they're opening the door for you to be able to hear the sound of your soul on a much, much higher level. When you can hear the sound of your soul, the most amazing things happen. Synchronicities turn up. 
In fact, this is a really good way to find out if you're on track with your soul. Do you look around you and find, oh my God, all this stuff. I didn't know that. Where did they come from? Oh wow, look at this opportunity. Look at this idea. Look at this incredible thing. It all came. When those things all suddenly rock up in your life and you're just like, wow. That's when you know you're on the path where you're meeting your soul. When you find that the stuff that you're doing is easy. You know that thing? Where you just think, I cannot do this. I can't write this thing. I won't get there. I hate meeting these people. Ah, oh, and it's like hitting your head in a brick wall. And yet, there's that times when it's like a hot knife right through butter. It's easy. It's effortless. And not only have you, are you doing it easy and effortlessly, but it's spectacularly well done. Bang in the path of meeting your soul. When you do stuff, and, and I, you know, I don't have to be up on a trapeze anymore to do that. I have to say, I'm just saying, because that's how I felt alive. But now I've understood that I can feel alive while not trying to kill myself on the trapeze. I still like the trapeze, I'm just saying. <laughs> but when I'm doing stuff that I was born to do, I just do it better than anybody else. My performance is better than anybody else because I was born to do it. It is amazing because I made it amazing, because it just is, right? And that's the stage at which you show up at your best, in your best, with your best, and it's phenomenal. That, that's primary food operating at its best, and it's you showing up at your best. I hope you found this interesting. I enjoyed doing it, and it was brilliant hanging out with you. And I will do this again. I will talk to you again soon. And, you know, anything you want to say, any stuff you want to send me, email me, Gita at NoshDetox.com, G-E-E-T-A at NoshDetox.com. Living World Radio, it's Gita Sidorov, and it's been fantastic being with you.